Well, it's a great pleasure to welcome to the My Broadband Conference from Synthesis, Jean-Pierre Pinard, who's the Cloud Optimization Practice Lead at Synthesis. Jean-Pierre, how are you doing firstly? I'm sure you are... Uh, pretty crazy with uh, this COVID-19 pandemic around us. And I think that the last uh, 12 months, we've, this massive acceleration we've seen has been crazy. So I imagine you've been pretty busy. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well, firstly. Uh, thanks for asking. Yeah, it's it's been a, a bit of a, a challenging year, I would say. Um, I think in the, the tech industry, it's opened up quite a lot of opportunities. And I, I think um, for a lot of people, the, the working remotely thing actually ended up being quite a, a big benefit. Yeah. Um, but obviously quite a, a lot of challenges um, in doing so and, and opened up quite a lot of opportunities as well, I would say. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone's, I mean, there's been a massive transformation and move to the cloud. I mean, uh, whoever was thinking of moving any kinds of loads into the cloud, uh, you know, there, there's been a fast, aggressive uptake in the last 12 months. And I guess some people are doing it right. Some people are not doing it so right. Some people are doing <laughs> it semi-right. When we talk about a well-architected solution in the cloud, what do we mean by that? So I, I think well-architected framework and, and well-architected solutions is a, a very buzzwordy topic at the moment. Um, but I think there's there's quite a big misconception around what having a well-architected workload running in the cloud actually means. Um, I think a lot of people think it, it purely focuses on the, the actual architectural implementation and the, the design of your solution. Um, but in reality, I think that the concept spans a, a much wider scope than this. So obviously, I, I would say that the the way that you design your system and the, the way that you actually implement the solution is very important, but focusing on your day-to-day -day operations and making sure you've got the correct processes in place um, to maintain this workload and actually enable business success um, becomes a, a much larger issue as well. Okay, now that's very interesting. So you see quite a distinct difference in how people are managing these kinds of things. Now, when you look at the South African market per se, uh, and how customers are designing and running workloads in the cloud, what are you seeing in the South African market? Um, so we've, especially in this last while, we've actually been engaging quite a lot with customers specifically around this. Um, and we've been working on, on multiple tiers of customers, um, from startups to, to large enterprises, um, small businesses. Um, and it, it's been quite apparent that there's a general lack in understanding of what it actually means to have a well-architected solution. Mm. Um, this, in my opinion, isn't really their fault. Um, like I've noticed that, that cloud, the accessibility of cloud actually offers a, a very easy way for people to, to get into the cloud, right? So there's there's online courses, there's training material, there's endless support that the guys can do, and they can easily design and develop and deploy a workload into the cloud. Um, and that's great. I mean, that's that's one of the big benefits of actually moving to the cloud, right? Like you don't have all of this red tape to push through. Um, but the issue is the cloud expands quite rapidly um, and it's extremely vast, right? So it's very difficult to expect somebody to actually know everything. Um, know how to solve these problems, know how to do networking, know how to do security, know how to operate your business properly. Um, and it, it becomes a situation of the guys just don't actually know what they don't know, right? Um, you can't expect somebody to, to solve a problem that they don't even know existed. Uh, some examples that we saw um, in, in recent, like on a recent customer that I engaged with, 
is they were building a data lake solution in, in AWS. So they, they've been doing this for quite a while and, and they basically use a majority of it, they use a service called AWS Glue. So, so Glue is this managed serverless ETL service in AWS, which allows you to, in a serverless fashion, spin up jobs that process your data and then and store it in a data lake or in any system. Mm. Um, and for their system specifically, they, they run about, let's say, a thousand workloads uh, or a thousand of these little jobs each day with an average execution time of around a minute to, to two minutes. Um, and for the longest time, these guys have been running it on like Glue version one, right? So what Glue version one sort of meant, and, and that, that was the best way to do it at the time as well, is that you would have for these jobs, whenever they invoke, they had a cold start of a, around like 10 minutes about. So they would have a 10 minute cold start on each job and they'd have one to two minutes of execution time. But with the, the paper use model that the cloud actually offers you, um, that ends up that you're paying for that full 12 minutes of execution and your performance is taking a massive hit as well. So then around middle of last year, I think it was, uh, AWS released a, a new version. So they released version two of Glue. And what this meant is it effectively nullified that cold start time, right? So had the guys actually followed proper well-architected processes and, and kept up to, up to date with new features, new re releases, new services maybe, they would have been able to pick this up and easily been able to change it. Like, and, and in do, doing so, they would massively reduce their cost um, as well as their performance. So, I, I mean, one of the, with cost and performance obviously being some of the pillars in, in well-architected. Um, I know it's, it's available everywhere and it's, it's a hot button topic, but at a high level, the things that you're trying to solve is cost, performance, security, reliability, and your day-to-day -day operations of your workloads. Um, yeah. No, I mean, you know, you raised a very interesting uh, uh, point over there. And I guess it, it's, it's not a solution that you can just simply turn on and expect it to work all the time. You constantly have to review and look at where the changes are happening and always look at the faster spin-up times that you mentioned as well. And, and, and yeah, it costs money. Those those four or five minutes you were talking about can cost a lot of money over a, a, an extended period of time. So yep. when you look at this customer per se, you can, I guess you can use this example in many such instances. At what point do you actually review your architecture? So having explained a bit what, what well architected means, right? That it's not just um, the, the best way of implementing your, your resources and that you can't expect everybody to know everything. It, it becomes very important to actually start doing these, these reviews and, and not just the review of your, from your own perspective, like that's obviously a, gr a great driving factor as well, but it, it becomes a bit similar to you just marking your own homework, right? Yeah. So driving these review processes um, can be very useful by getting external people in to come and look at it um, to get the most use out of it. And, and what I've noticed is that in my honest opinion, and, and I don't see this enough, but these reviews should form part of your entire cloud lifecycle. Um, there's obviously quite a few important milestones um, that you, you would do these reviews at and specific timelines like that you would do it at. So firstly, the obvious one is during your initial phase. So when you would design your workload or you're deciding to migrate a workload into the cloud, 
it's imperative that you actually do these reviews to make sure you start off on the right foot. So if you do it at the beginning of your journey, you can make sure that you're, you're, you're covering all of these elements. You're not just solving your problem, right? You're, you're looking at how you're actually going to run a business using this solution. And it gives you the ability to actually weigh up um, some trade-offs that you can make, right? If you do it at, in a, in a well-defined pattern, you can, you can look at what benefits you're getting versus what risk. So for instance, let's say you, you find this great solution and it's the perfect service for you and it's gonna save you so much cost, but it might give you a little bit of a knock um, on performance. You then have the ability to actually get the relevant people in place to go and look at these, these various options and weigh them up against one another to, to understand that, do we go for the cheaper solution? Do we go for the one that actually affects performance? What's most important for us? Then, obviously, this, this is one thing that, that I'm, I'm quite passionate about and I'm, I'm trying to drive and I'm trying to, to convince people to actually get into a habit of doing this, is to make well-architected reviews part of your architectural approval process. So that, that means basically doing these reviews throughout the full journey. So doing it in the initial phase of it doing it whenever you decide you're going to migrate a, a workload or promote a workload from your, your develop, development environment into your production, production environment. Um, the thing with cloud, like I mentioned previously, is it changes rapidly. It evolves, and, and that's great, and it's amazing, but it, it becomes so difficult to, to be able to say that the way that you implemented your solution six months ago is the best way for it now. So getting into a habit of, of running these reviews frequently um, and periodically, like when massive architectural changes come in play, you do it then. When you want to promote a workload, you do it then. When you're designing a new one, you do it then to make sure that you're actually getting the best solution for your problem and you're enabling the business to get the most success out of it. Yeah, it's, I guess it's it's good hygiene. Uh, the, you know, many industries yeah. call it. I mean, it's just good, good hygiene and good, uh, you know, good maintenance to be doing this. And I guess the benefits that you are talking about that you're going to derive from doing it this way that you spoke about, um, that there must be there must be massive. I mean, what are those benefits uh, that people will get out of doing this uh, uh, review of the architecture? You know, consistently as you've mentioned, the benefits must be fantastic. Yeah, so so there's obviously your your obvious benefits, right? Like you you're running your workload according to this pillar. So you're running your workload securely. It's running reliably. Um, it's it has the best performance, and it's not costing you that much. But mm. there's there's a bunch of inherent benefits that that you don't actually think about, and you and you don't realize. And and we've seen this at multiple customers that that's actually where they 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 see the benefit because. A lot of the guys have very skilled, very technical guys. They, they know how to, to implement and, and they're technically very strong. But some of the benefits like a, a third party expert coming in to look at your system as from a holistic view gives you the ability to actually track and visualize potential business risk, right? Mm -hmm. there's, there's small things that you might miss with the, the nuances that I mentioned. So the, the things that you, you wouldn't actually think would make an impact, but it ends up making a massive impact like ensuring that guys actually run game days periodic, periodically, for instance, right? Ensuring that they know that in the case of incident, they have actually trained for it, right? That they know what to do when something goes wrong. They've got well-defined processes in place 
to actually be, be able to action it if something were to go wrong. Um, I can't explain to you how many times I go into customers, I, I do these reviews with them and I ask them, okay, cool, do you think you're, you're ready if an incident happens? And the answer almost always ends up being, yeah, yeah, I think so. And then you start drilling into it and you ask them, cool, do you have monitoring? Do you have logging? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, I, I think I do. I think I, I have enough. But it doesn't help to go and enable monitoring after the fact that an incident happened. You can't go and figure out what went wrong if you're only doing this stuff reactively and not proactively. Not having the correct tools installed, for instance, to be able to do forensic analysis of what went wrong um, can be a massive, massive issue, which guys don't think about because they, they focus so hard on solving the problem, right? Like you're, you're in your day-to-day, -day, you're trying to, to solve the business need and the business problem, and you, you can't foresee all of these, these um, issues sort of coming through. Um, there's a, a big benefit, um, and I'll go into a bit of program benefits as well from a um, cloud provider perspective, um, but there's a, a, a big benefit that I, that I see, especially if you, you're focusing on the, the business value, is that you're getting all levels of your stakeholders involved in this entire process. You're getting their buy-in on the success of the entire cloud estate, and you're ensuring that there's enough support across your entire business to enable the best result. Um, sometimes these benefits that you that you get, right, is it's tangible, right? Your you improve security. Um, your system is is now highly available and it's running as as expected if, if something were to go down. But a lot of the things that, that we see customers lack on is those operational benefits, right? Tracking your operational estates, tracking, tracking operational metrics to see how you run, um, how you operate the business to be able to actually improve on it, right? If you, don't, if you don't track and you don't measure, how can you ever expect to improve? What does improving actually mean in that sense? So for example, of, of that, because it's always quite a, a vague, like random concept of saying operational metrics, right? Something simple like the amount of, of errors you get when you deploy, you can, you can track that, right? And you can measure that as a, a big in, inherent benefit. If you can track and you can say, okay, cool, as part of this sort of operational excellence journey we went on, we moved to a, a automated deployment model, which brought down our deployment errors significantly. Mm. Um, there's then obviously the big, like tangible benefits as well, apart from just the security and stuff. And, and that's something we saw with one of our customers recently, actually, is where we were able to, to cut down their, their spend by half, right? And it's not, it's not something that that is difficult to do or is you can't do it yourself. Um, it's just nice to get that, that external view that doesn't have all of the red tape, doesn't have all of the, the history around why you made certain decisions and isn't in that constant drive of delivery to give you a, a maybe sometimes it's a very simple, easy way of, of solving a problem, optimizing your system. Um, and that's, that's looking at a, a sort of holistic cloud view, right? So. So I'd like to, to say that well-architected is, is cloud agnostic because it is, right? Like the, the principles of making sure you, you have good security and reliability and you're not spending too much where you don't need to um, is common across all clouds. But obviously 
from from my so my sort of skill set and experience specifically lie in AWS. Um, and with AWS, they they I would say they sort of kicked off this entire idea of the well-architected solution. Um, so they run this well-architected partner program, which they actually incentivize their customers to go and and run these reviews, right? They they physically incentivize you with an amount of five thousand dollars per workload if you actually commit to remediating twenty five percent of the high risk items that that comes out of your system, right? That's that's awesome because you get the the benefit of your your workload is running optimally, it's running securely. You you get that external opinion to say that it's almost like an audit if you want to see it that way, to say that you're you're running your system as it's supposed to be run, but you also offset your spend in doing so. And the the last, just to the last thing I, <laughs> I want to mention, sorry, I, I know I'm I'm rambling on quite a lot, but we've we've seen that doing this well-architected review type scenario becomes a great way to actually build a relationship and a partnership with with the AWS partner right you you don't just go in do a review and leave you now get this nice understanding of what their workload and what their business actually looks like so you can actually enable them in their future cloud journeys Okay, well, listen, I mean, that's a very well explained answer. And I think that a lot of people have been furiously writing down and making notes because there are some really <laughs> valid points that you made there, Jean-Pierre. But how do you integrate well-architected into your client engagement model, for example? So at Synthesis, this is actually well-architected has become a staple for, for any engagement that we do with a customer. We've seen the benefit through and through so many times because it, it, it gives us and the customers such a great benefit where we go in, um, usually you, you go in blind, right? You, you have to go and solve this problem and, and you don't know how. But running it this way, you get a detailed understanding of, of what their entire business looks like. You, you get a detailed understanding of exactly how their workload is running in the cloud. And they get the benefit of some expert opinions on recommendations they can make and improvements they can make in their, their system systems. Um, by leveraging the well-architected um, partner program, we've been able to, to assist our customers from migrations to enablements, um, to even MSP engagements and, and supporting these, these customers. It gives you that initial foot in the door so that you can start this this partnership and you can start this journey with, with the customer and it's if we if we focus on just hammering that point because i'm, I'm very passionate about it um, doing these reviews in a like very frequent process driven um, system you can you can actually realize the benefits often and you you can make sure that you are at a at a stable level um, constantly and you know that it's not just you thinking that you're doing stuff correctly you're getting guys to come and look and make sure that that there's a good way of doing it um the beauty that i see of of well Arctic, right like i said it's it's the concept of it is is cloud agnostic and i know azure and aws runs their own concept of a well architected framework um but it spans multiple clouds it, it spans multiple sizes of businesses um and it's it's given smaller companies, um, startups, SMEs, the ability to actually engage with, with partners, right? AWS partners, Azure partners, 
um, which they wouldn't have previously gotten an opportunity to do to do because it's not this massive initial engagement with the guys and you have to like set up pro like proposals and do all of this massive work to to get it going you just go and go in start a relationship start a conversation look at what they're doing and try and help them to do it better um i think whatever your business looks like right whatever solution you are running in the cloud you can benefit from well architected um it gives you this surety that you're running your system optimally from a technical perspective, but also you give that surety that your business, the business value that you're actually getting out of it is the key focus. Um, and you're making sure that at all levels, everybody is involved in it. Everybody is key to, to make sure that you get this, um, the solution across the line successfully in the best possible way. And you remove blockers, right? Because it, it becomes this, this uh, collaborative sort of view of a business instead of just the technical guys gets thrown requirements over the wall and they need to now solve it without getting the context of, is it maybe the best solution, right? Do they have the, the correct team sizes? Do they have the correct people to be able to actually run, operate, support this workload after the initial like sort of churning of, of the workload? Wow, lots to think about, and I guess it's uh, it's almost like uh, having a very expensive car and uh, not servicing it or not allowing the experts to uh, fine tune it and make sure that it uh, operates as it's uh, told to in the manual. And we know how 100%. how how expensive these cars are and what intricacies they've got in the car, and you know there's computers all over the place, and there's no way that the owner is expected to basically drive the car and make sure that the car is running optimally. Uh, take it to the experts. Let the experts sort out all the problems. <laughs> Jean-Pierre Pinar, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Cloud Optimization Practice Lead at Synthesis. Thank you for joining us at the My Broadband Conference.